welcome to episode 28 of WTF Anime, the show that was raised by that kind of mother. I'm of course your host Joe, and joining me as ever is birthday boy Travis! It's my birthday! (laughs) 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 This is coming out a week after your birthday, but... How does it feel to be the ripe old age of 23? Uh, feels good. Second time around, it, I'm feeling strong. I'm confident in my 23-ness. Um, mm-hmm. gonna, gonna go out there, seize the world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, such What do you want to do, like, now that you've hit, like, this twice, what are you going to do this time around? I think I'm going to do less drugs. I mean, the first time I was okay. in a whole Keith Richards phase, I was doing that, and... I don't really remember 23. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, it was like the 70s or 80s, so it's like... 60s, 60s, really. I mean... <laughs> oh, so, yeah, so the first time you were 23 was the summer of love. <laughs> yeah, man. It was a groovy time. <laughs> Are we done with this bit now? Are we done? No, we, we can say that Travis is 50. There we go. That's, that's also 100% accurate. <laughs> Or is Equally it? Equally as accurate as you being 23. That, that's correct. <laughs> for, for everybody's uh, edification purposes, Joe is mainlining some gin right now and then washing it down with beer, like one after the other. He's got two hands going. Yep. It, it, it's a thing of beauty. Oh, all right. All in the camera. Beautiful. Look, we were talking for a bit and I'd already gone through half a case of this. Just watching the show and being like, this is the best. Everyone's drinking, so I'll follow along. And then uh, gin was discussed. And then gin was discussed. (laughs) So we should probably talk about what the hell we're watching today. Yeah, probably. I mean, it could be. I think that's why they tuned in anyway. So today Mm, we watched... I'm not entirely... At this point, I'm not entirely certain. Uh, Me either. (laughs) Uh, Black Lagoon, episode three. Ring Ding Ship Chase. Yes, Ring Ding Ship. So, obviously this is a part of uh, Travis's birthday month, though I gave him the vaguest of all plots. Oh no, this was... No, Alan gave us the vaguest of all plots. Yeah, synopsis. yeah, that's, this this was uh, our boy Alan. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Maybe we'll see him again. Maybe, maybe. It's my birthday month, wild and crazy things happen. So... Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. We kick straight into uh, the opening. There's no, like, opening scene. There's just, here is the opening to this show. And, um, I mean, the song's pretty good. It's like this weird, like, techno metal thing. Uh, The visuals are kind of interspersed of, like, the credits and Revy doing stuff. And then a lot of, like, locale shots. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to say I really liked... This because it got me pumped for action. The, the, the frenetic pace of the music, because this is, um, I don't know, it's not quite industrial, but kind of industrial techno? I, I don't know what you want to call it. Like so, some stabbing westward kind of techno-y bullshit. And then just, you know, girl with her gun doing awesome things. And then, like you said, locale shots that are like like exotic destinations. I was like... Mm-hmm. I'm ready to fuck some shit up. Yeah, let's let's watch this happen. Let, let's take this journey. <laughs> yeah, and so we cut from that to the outward shot 
of the city of uh, Roanapa in Taiwan, I think. I think so. I called it modern day Tortuga in my notes. Yeah, yeah. Because it's basically, um, you know, a modern day Tortuga, a, uh, a hive of scum and villainy, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we basically kick off with like different shots of the city. Like the first thing we see is the ocean and this like ruined statue of a Buddha. Mm -hmm. And we're getting this narration from Rock. Uh, I guess, like, main character. So we're starting off with episode three. To let you know what happened in episodes one and two, it was like a two-parter of just how Rock ended up in this situation. It's that, that weirdly contrived first-time DM trying to get his party together and he doesn't make anybody <laughs> know anybody else. That's what I feel like that, that story was. Like, okay, this is the bullshit reason you all hang out together now. <laughs> No, there is some really cool stuff, like the Lagoon Company is established, and then we have Rock coming in after um, his company make some kind of deal to do something slightly illegal, and he's like the fall guy. They do cover it a bit in this episode, which is why I think that this is definitely the best uh, episode to start you off on. Um, like, Rock talks about his, like, how he started out and how he got to this point in his life. Yeah. Now... Uh, that said, when, when we first get him narrating that kind of thing, he's busy getting a straight razor shave from this big scary dude in the middle of the street, and it it does a close-up pan on his eyes where he's just terrified that there's a guy with a straight razor at his throat, showing you how green he is at uh, at this this life, this this action-adventure, manly man, hardcore kind of life. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun then, because then we, like, pan up to the guy giving him a shave, and he's got this massive scar on his chin. <laughs> yeah, just a, a big X scar <laughs> like, for oh, no, no reason. <laughs> <laughs> so then we kind of get more of, like, Rock narrating about, wow, this city's, like, super deadly, and then he buys some awful fruit and heads back to the Lagoon Company. Yeah, uh, can we discuss this fruit? No fruit. That you should eat should look like a wad of dough that sat in the sun and just got like a weird shellacked shell on it. Because that's what the fruit looks like. They looked like giant shaved kiwi fruit. Kind of, sort of, but they had a crunch to them because you could hear a crunch when, they, when the kiwi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like crunchy kiwi, which is a disturbing thought in my, uh, in my mind because kiwi's fruit's delicious, but... If there was a crunch, yeah, I'm out now. I'm out. I don't know why, yeah. but I'm out. <laughs> so as Rock's heading up to the uh, office, I guess, is uh, we get our first shot in this episode of Dutch, uh, basically saying that he's going out for a bit. Yep. Uh, we head further up into the office where we meet Revy, who is 10 out of 10, like, second best character. <laughs> uh, for me, I've only got, I've only got these 23, so... No. Number one character, love Revy. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Spoilers, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't hate this. I'm not going to say this is the best thing I've ever watched, but I'm intrigued where it goes. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a good-ass show. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we, we have like a couple of shots of Dutch and Revy like, eating this awful fruit that Rock has bought. Dutch does a much more, wow, this doesn't taste great, and Revy says that it tastes like it came out of your ass. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a direct quote from Revy. Uh, she's not subtle. 
no no <laughs> she's like really really not <laughs> uh, so rock goes i wonder where where dutch is going on his free time blah blah blah, blah. and, and revy gives him some shit like you know that's his business just kind of fuck off <laughs> And then we get Dutch's tour of the city, which is basically what this, the next, I don't know, solid eight minutes or so is basically him touring the city, describing what a shithole it is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because, like, we basically get him, like, mentioning names, mentioning places, alluding to jobs he's done, and just meeting various people. And it doesn't really seem like any of this is kind of connected to the story of this episode, which to be honest, is, like, not really a factor. But it's just, like, these are some players. Here are, like, the major players. Like, they talk they talk about Balalaika, who is best character. Uh, they talk about the uh, Italian mafia, and they don't cover the triad, like, the main triad. Uh, and they're, like, the three big players in this city. But he does, after a quick phone conversation, talk to uh, Mr. Chin, who is... Uh, they don't really go out and say, like, he is part of the triad. I think it feels much more like he's just playing in... He's triad adjacent? Yeah, he's very much his own kind of person. He's making his own way. He's not... He doesn't like playing friends with anyone, especially with the Russians. Right, because the Russians, ever since they got here, have really started to dominate, is kind of what mm-hmm. he says. And if he knows what what's good for him, he's going to stop working with Balalaika and... And, uh, you know, start getting on board. Basically, the pitch to Dutch, who is relatively smart, as we found out, is, yeah, ditch the people who are in power and come work for me. This one guy. That always works. Uh That's the best. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, Dutch kind of, like, placatingly is just like, well, I'll I'll keep whatever you're saying in mind. Yeah, if if you got work for me, talk to me. Uh, Otherwise, I'm going to go do a job. (laughs) kind of deal so then we continue this tour of just like here are some hookers here's uh the italian mafia looking at dutch it's literally just meant to tour the city when i listed as as, because i i I can see it definitely they're just trying to show you off some of the players introduce characters you probably don't know at this point yet but will at some point interact with uh this part and like a part that comes later when they're actually on the boat is very much why I think this is a better introduction to the show itself. Okay. Uh, because it is kind of establishing, like, here are the players, here are people we've worked with before, and really this entire show just follows the Lagoon Company making ends meet, but there are, like, several, several, like, side plots of these various higher players and the kind of, um, like, the pecking order that comes from that that gets really, really interesting. Yeah, there's some stuff, like, that's not mentioned and will get established later on, but I feel like this is the kind of best introductory, and that's why I picked it for Travis to watch. So, yeah. uh, Benny, who is another part of the Lagoon Company, drives by, basically saying, look, we've got some cool computer stuff, I'm gonna go fix it up. And then Dutch comes across a, like, outside Chinese restaurant, uh, where he talks to Donnie Yen, uh, and gets a job. Yeah. And so, you know, they're not doing anything. He, uh, I think it immediately cuts after he gets his job to Revy, kicking the chair that Rock is sleeping in, going, wake up, we got a job. We got a job. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yep. Uh, so you see, like, everyone getting ready, and it cuts to the car that they're driving in, and um, Revy's cheering Rock out about, like, not wearing the Hawaiian shirt that he bought her. That she bought him, rather. That he calls hideous and says that he should be forced to wear as a punishment. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, like, Rock... They talk about it later, but Rock is a, like, Japanese businessman, the kind of prototypical in anime where it's just, yeah, I, I do my work and uh, bosses boss me around and this is how I've always done work, so I'll just wear, like, a shirt and tie and because that's how I've done every job before, so that's how I'm going to do this pirating job. <laughs> the idea of shirt and tie pirate makes me happy. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, so they're, they're driving down... Uh, they're driving down the road, and we cut to um, uh, Donnie and the person outside of the Chinese shop, basically having a discussion with Mr. Chin of being like, yes, they fell excellently into my trap. Muhahaha. And then he gives a call to a man named uh, Luak? Yes, Luak. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, Luak. Yeah, I think Luak or Luak. Yeah, basically about talking about this, I guess, bounty hunter who fucked up his last job, but... This is your chance to get back on the payroll and yep, do something good of murdering these people who are in league with the triads and Russian mafia. It's kind of <laughs> dumb. <laughs> it is kind of dumb. I guess we should state uh, that the pretense, the job that they're, they're supposed to be taking a delivery from the Vietnamese army, was it? Yeah, what, yeah, what something like that. The, the pretense, something with the Viet Vietnamese. Anyways, so I guess we're going to cut to they're heading out on the boat, getting ready to pick up some stuff. And for preparation, Rock needs to tie some knots. Yep, he's, he's still learning how to do sailor things on what essentially, essentially looks like a cigarette boat, which has no sails or real lines to tie off. I mean, it, it's a torpedo boat. Yeah, so like a lot of that knot work that goes into sailing is... <laughs> Dumb and not useful at all. But nope, he's got mm -hmm. to learn that because old school pirating things. Yeah, yeah. You never know when he's going to need to hoist the mizzen mast on, on that that torpedo boat. <laughs> <laughs> but it does lead into, um, for the series itself, like one of the coolest bits of just like Revian Rock having a discussion, which they do a lot. And I really, really like the interplay between Rock and Revy because like Rock talks about Basically, this is what I did as a job. Like, I made reports, I made trips, but my biggest job was, like, bowing my head to my superiors and taking them out for drinks and getting the shit kicked out of me by my drunk boss. Yeah. All of which stuff is, like, it's made mention in other anime of just, like, how rough, like, Japanese businessmen, in quotation marks, have it. And, you know, doing a bit of reading, it's not all, like, fiction. Like, it's not all blown out of proportion in a character arc. There are definitely some aspects of it. So yeah, Rock basically just talking about, I was always kind of subservient to the people above me. <laughs> and then he, like, Revy makes some remark about, like, that is bullshit. Like, how could you let people walk over you? And uh, Rock asks, what, what was your past like before you joined Lagoon Company? Yeah, to which we basically get the the reply of oh i've done things <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've seen some shit <laughs> right <laughs> like there's for like grayscale flashbacks and gunshots it's there's amazing. gunshots <laughs> and like this this empty beer can on the street as the shell rolls by <laughs> yeah yeah and like revy gets 
the look in her eye that happens a lot of just kind of denoting like total lack of human emotions. <laughs> it's that ten thousand yard stare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I say, I I love like the rock and revy relationship all through the all through the show. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I I could go for more of that. It does in some places get a bit cliche, but it's always interesting the route they take it. Like from just watching this first episode, uh, the third episode rather, like first time I was watching it. Yeah, like there's going to be a romance between these two because like why wouldn't Yeah, you're already shipping them a little bit. No, I was not shipping them. I was reading the notes in the writing. <laughs> but you wanted it to happen. Come on. No, no, I wanted like I wanted Dutch to break his tiny Japanese asshole open. <laughs> And I know that because I've read your fanfic, but... Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, you you can read that all on, um... God, what's a fanfiction web... Uh, like, Wattpad, there you go. Wattpad, uh, Sasuke X Naruto 69 is my, uh, author <laughs> handle. Uh, uh, I hope that's not true. <laughs> Okay, whatever. <laughs> moving on. I have on. a lot of stuff on... No, no, I have a lot of stuff on urethra insertion. Um, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fantastic. <gasps> oh my god. The well, boat, like, the lagoon company fell into a trap. Yep. Benny lets him know, there's four boats. Wait, no, there's six boats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're under attack by this, like, Luok character. And and his fleet of ships. His fleet. Of six ships. His fleet of six tiny, like, boats with some guns on them. Yeah. <laughs> they call it a fleet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty clear that these are, like, very well-honed mercenaries. They're precise, and they're just the best. Oh, no, wait. Did, like, the two boats with the uh, anti-tank guns just kill each other? Yeah, yeah, they kind of cool, did. Cool. Because, because <laughs> Dutch, Dutch killed the engines. When they were about to fire. <laughs> Dutch just, like, breaks, and then the two, like, fire across and blow each other up. And, like, Dutch to no one, like, he was talking with Luok earlier, but just to no one is just like, yep, here's how you should carry out an attack on a uh, torpedo Right, boat. you should stagger so not to avoid friendly fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the torpedo boat itself, um, the one that the uh, Lagoon Company drive, does not have any weapons on it, so you're like... Man, how are, how are these guys gonna get out of this jam? And then, uh, yeah, Revy put some headphones on. Yeah, Dutch, Dutch pipes <laughs> up, and Revy channels her inner uh, Iron Eagle. Do you know that 80s jet fighter movie at all? No? Yes? No? Nope, I'm gonna say no. Okay, quick, quick synopsis. Dad is, I think, captured, and he's a fire, fighter pilot, so his son who's been trained by Lewis Gossett Jr. how to fly planes, goes and rescues his dad from, I believe it was the Russians, because this was the 80s. Gotcha. And the entire time, he's got his Walkman with a tape of the music that lets him be an awesome fighter pilot. <laughs> so it's like Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins, um, You Got the Touch. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to have to look up that soundtrack later, but... <laughs> <laughs> The movie is sto so stupid and bullshit. Like, no government's just like, hey, teenager, you want you want access to this plane? Okay, we'll let you do that. that that's the thing we're going to oh, do. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Even in the 80s. Look, the, the government is shit. <laughs> 
especially like movie 80s government yes very much so but anyways she's getting she's getting her iron eagle on yeah so we get to what i can only assume is travis's favorite scene in the entire show what her her trashing some boats like a an absolute badass yep okay so revy is called uh two guns revy dutch says show him oh two hands sorry like show them two hands uh because the entire like thing with revy well not the entire thing but one of the big things about revy is that she like can dual wield pistols like a motherfucker and they go to lengths to say like you know this is a thing that shows up in video games and movies but actually firing nine millimeter pistols with two hands is super fucking difficult i can attest to that fact actually (laughs) there you go you're in america you have guns all the time like just on regular regular walks and i've only fired show pistols so well no i i fired a nine millimeter pistol with just a single one and hitting anything outside of 30 yards takes a little practice (laughs) and i'm not talking about bouncing around on boats with two of them in my hands (laughs) yeah this is basically an 80s action movie scene yes it is like a hundred percent 100 percent call jack burton he needs to be in here and ineffectual (laughs) (laughs) this isn't what i would call a modern anime i think it was 2009 2010 like this is the big scene in this episode like what did you think of the animation um I could see a lot of shortcuts where they took where they didn't have to animate a lot of things. The smoke helped a lot because there wasn't a lot of bouncy, fluid action. There was a couple of scenes, and they were pretty short, where she was kicking some some guy's ass that weren't bad. But mostly, you can tell it's, it's an older anime just because that fight sequence, they did everything they could to save on having to animate the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah. Like the the main thing that I pulled out of it was the um the goons are super static. They are in what they're doing, and then like all of the attention is paid to like Revy's animation of leaping between these boats and the illusion of fluid movement. The animation is such that it's not really it doesn't look f- it's not like fluid animation, but there is plenty of like interstitial animations of like smoke and stuff like that that kind of gives it the illusion of Revy like moving like impossibly. It's it, yes, again, you, you're they're selling the illusion because there's not mm-hmm. there's not a bunch of, of of high level animation going on here. It's still fun to watch. That said, <laughs> yeah, it's oh, it's so good. The bit I really love is um. The boat before she finishes Luok off is um, she's just firing into the cockpit, presumably at like like the pilot Mook, uh, and it cuts to her face, and there's just like this hollow look in her eyes. Yep. She's just staring down, like firing clips into this dude. (laughs) We saw it with like the conversation she had with Rock, but like that is kind of like that's Revy whenever she's fighting. Yeah, she just turns off and goes, huh? Yeah, yeah. And then she fires, like, a grenade launcher into the main boat, blows it up, and we get the scene with Rock, which I fucking love. This is, I would call, the most important scene in, in, in its inner monologue, which is weird. The most important scene in this, this episode <laughs> is inner monologue, because he's sitting there staring at her now that she's back on deck of uh, Lagoon Company's ship, and he's going, what kind of childhood did she have to have? to be able to do that and he's, but he's like at the same time 
what's wrong with me? Because I'm in awe of what she's done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. Uh, it, it's. I feel like this is probably the first break for the character of doing the not fish out of water thing going, maybe these are my people because this is a thing that I think is awesome. Yeah, because the first two episodes are very much like, oh my god, you killed that person? Like, that's a person, that's a human being. And then by episode three, like, they really quickly, it's not really a give up, but he gets over it so that the show isn't taken up by moral quandaries of how could you kill a person that's trying to murder us, which sometimes, like, can be done well. But I think some shows like fall too much into that. This this is not the show for that. I feel like this mm-hmm. is supposed to be turn off your brain and watch the awesome '80s action sequences we are about to bestow <laughs> upon you. That is that is yeah, what's happening. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. It is really good. So for what they had, they made that scene. Basically, Revy looks like a badass. Oh, totally. They immediately switch Rock from being super fish out of water to be like... Maybe these are my people. Yeah, but still kind of questioning it. Right. Like, I think that's that's the way you play that. Right. He, he's he's It's more of a look in the mirror at himself, like, well, wait a second. Hmm. <laughs> if I'm enjoying this, what does this say about me? And right. then we get on with the show rather than just sticking on Rock's like emotional journey of just, how can you kill people? And... Like, the show progresses. Speaking of the show progressing... Yeah. Now comes your favorite part. <laughs> oh, God. Balalaika is so good. Look, I wanted to pick an episode with Balalaika in, but I wanted it to be easy for Travis to get into. So, I didn't pick the vampire episode in which Balalaika is a stone-cold fucking killer. But we still get a bit of Balalaika in this. So we have uh, Mr. Chin packing to basically run away from the city because... He done fucked up. Yeah, real bad. I love the line of, what kind of mother raises such a shit? (laughs) (laughs) Like, as just he's packing very loudly, yelling. And then there's a knock at his door. There is. And we see the Russian mafia enter. (laughs) Headed by... Oh, God, she's so good. Balalaika. And she's got a cigar in her hand. We get different, like, close shots of all of her, like, burned scars. Oh yeah, she's she's straight up Zangief and some scars, uh, for sure. <laughs> That's right. I just turned his name into a, a verb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the kind of like the bit I really like about the voice acting in particular, and we both watched the English version because I said watch the English version because Dutch's voice is just butter. It's it's real good. Yeah, it's real good. They do like the intonation whenever, like, they switch between whenever Balalaika is talking, is speaking in English to when she's talking in Russian to doing, like, her regular accent, which is incredible, and then, like, a Russian accent to show that she's basically speaking in Russian. Uh, and that's a really good switch rather than having someone, like, phonetically speak Russian. And, and the thing is, what I loved about it is they didn't have a Russian character that they basically Boris and or Natasha'd. Where they, they lean, <laughs> yeah yeah they lean too hard into it and you're like okay I get that you're doing a Russian accent but you're doing it poorly yeah this point is almost comedic right <laughs> moose and squirrel yeah you know um kind of deal <laughs> that's a really good pull I love it <laughs> yeah a little, a little moose and squirrel <laughs> yeah it's really it's really well done because it's subtle it's not in your face yeah yeah. <laughs> 
It's uh, it's way more subtle than the uh, Yuri on Ice dub, which yeah, yeah. does fa- sound very comedic in places. I, 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 I could 100% see that. But anyways, we should probably get back to the point rather than, than just <clears throat> fawning over the accent. So <laughs> Yeah, so Balalaika is the best. Um, that's the only point we need to make. <laughs> no, probably not. So you probably know where this is going. Black Company's been working for Balalaika, and as such, when Black Company tries, uh, gets double-crossed, she's got a... St- Lagoon. Or Lagoon. What did I say? Company. I did. Lagoon Company. Lagoon Company. You said Black <clears throat> Company. <clears throat> I did. Sorry. T- too many war movies. <laughs> Twice. I let you go with the first one, but then you said it again. Yeah, you know what? It- it's better th- than the Death Parade review where I kept calling it Death Note, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And look, you have the excuse of incredibly tasty bourbon. I do. It's it's magical, you guys. I, I tweeted about it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Joe is so I'm jelly. already super fucking jealous. <laughs> so, Balalaika calls the Lagoon Company. Yes. And Rock passes the phone over to Dutch. And uh, we have a, a cool conversation between uh, Dutch and Balalaika. We get like a lot of familiarity, just to kind of show how many jobs... Lagoon Company is done for Balaika. Yeah. I really like that in all the dialogue, Rock is the person who mentions things and talks about them outright. Mm-hmm. And the rest of our discussions are done. Familiarity is is basically rather than saying like, this is the person that I've worked with for so many years, it's the characters like little turns of phrases and how they call each other that basically describes their familiarity. It's the implication rather than the outright statement is what you're trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, uh, Balalaika is talking to Dutch and, uh, she starts talking about, uh, veiled, like, Mr. Chin trying to, uh, upset the order of the big players and, uh, you know, since, uh, you worked so hard on this, I thought I might, uh, let you listen to something cool. <laughs> and then we cut back to Balalaika after we've seen a few shots of Chin just like bloody and tied to a chair with like gasoline spreading out. And then Balalaika's sat in, sat in front of a car and just like a building explodes. Yeah. <laughs> and Dice just goes, Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> Balalaika signs off and says, like, We'll have a job for you soon. Yeah. I, I feel like. Bella, like as a character, is almost like the Joker, but more business focused and less chaos focused. So not the Joker. So not the Joker. I feel like there's an aspect. The, the I I I fear nothing. Well, that's just kind of Russians, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> there are some really fucking good episodes that are. Balalaika focused, where they talk about her past and how she got this way, but that very bad analogy. Uh, yeah, not so much. <laughs> no, okay. See, I, I, I've seen so many phone calls with explosions that just remind me of Joker. It, 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 channel, it just makes me think of Joker. So after getting off the phone with Balalaika and hearing this explosion, <laughs> I love this bit. Like, Dutch, instead of just doing, like, we're pirates, let's go drinking, he does this whole performative, like... As your employer, I am here to offer... Um... Right, he sounds like he's reading out a bit of a contract from, from when they yeah. signed on. Like, this was part of the business deal. 
As uh, we went through some very stressful times, I'm here to offer some reimbursement. Let's go to Yellow Flag, this bar that gets featured a lot more uh, in later episodes. Uh, and we basically like pan up into the uh, Ranapur skyline as like Revy is basically saying, fuck yes, we're going to keep going until dawn. Rock, you better wear that Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And then we're going to cut to credits. And the opening music versus the close are literally night and day. Like slow footsteps and just this really mellow, kind of depressing uh, music. Yeah, the thing I liken it to most, and um, there's hints of it in this episode, but it's kind of the duality of Revy's life. The opening is very much where she is now, and that kind of, like, action-packed... Oh, yeah, because it, it, it's Revy's feet that you see walking along as the credits play. Yeah, exactly, and, like, the ending theme is uh, basically where she came from, and it's, like, super interesting because she's, like, stripping off different parts of her attire, not clothing, the ammo clips and, like, the gun belts and all that kind of stuff, and when it gets to the end, it does, like, a hard turn into Revy, like, turning around to the camera with a grenade launcher. <laughs> and I just think that's so much Revy's character, just, like, succinctly, no dialogue, just, here is the character set music. And it's so good. Yeah, I, I would have to agree there, for sure. And that is Black Lagoon Episode 3! Where we hit the next time, which is one of my favorite settings, which is uh, the Lagoon Company tried to steal, like, a Nazi painting from literal modern-day Nazis. Which is pretty fantastic. It's good, and, uh, oh man, it's uh, so cool that we get to make fun of Nazis, and we know for definite that there's none alive right now, and none making news headlines. Yeah, for sure, and, I mean, our present president doesn't sort of kind of support them or anything oh no like a hundred percent like if if something like that came out he'd be immediately denouncing them and uh there's definitely not problems on uh both sides yeah yeah that seems right that seems right that seems what a normal person would do right yeah it does it does <laughs> oh we're fucked <laughs> <laughs> We're fucked. We're so fucked. Come to England, where we only have an elitist prime minister rather than an elitist and racist prime minister. Well, you do swing the better offer. I'm sorry, yeah, at this point. <laughs> Grab me a cup of Joe. I, <laughs> I'm England bound. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the end of Black Lagoon, episode three. And uh, you said you liked it. So I'm happy that we got to give you something good for your birthday episode. Yeah, actually recorded on my birthday too. So cool! <laughs> Woo! Woohoo! So this is definitely my present to Travis. <laughs> like he got to watch, watch a half decent anime. Yeah, I liked it. it. I would like to watch more. I don't have time to, but I'd like to. Aww. Aww. We were very busy with a weekly show. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah. It's a gift and a curse doing a weekly show. It because is. Because on one hand, I get to talk to you at least every week. Right. On the other hand, you get don't get to watch anime, and the only anime I watch at the moment is Boku no Hero Academia and stuff we watch for the show. Right. <laughs> we're busy people. Anyways, I think we've we we've have we come to that time. Is there anything else I want to ask about Black Lagoon? Um yeah, you don't know what I'm thinking of. No, I don't. Um, no, I kind of want to leave it there, because I think, like, Black Lagoon is, um, I love this show, and it is very much the explosion of 80s, mixed with 
sometimes deep character aggression and sometimes acknowledging that it is a ridiculous storyline and just being like, yeah, fuck it. What if a bounty hunter called the wizard was here? <laughs> I love it. Roll on. Fantastic. All right. So I guess it is that time for me to do that thing I do. Do the one thing that you do in this show. Next time on WTF Anime. So at the time of recording, we're, uh, we're, we're pretty far into the month and we should have been done with this by now. Whoops. But hey, we're not because, um, stuff. But next episode, I can totally make it up to literally everyone. Oh yeah? How's that? Well, um, Travis. Yeah. We have us two obviously recording next week. Yep. What if we had, what if we had Aaron Crashing Waves, uh, who was in our Beyond the Boundary episode, Okay, love it so far. Love it so far. What if we had Alan on this episode? I love Alan! Woo! There we go. Yep, we all love Alan. A, a first time four-person four, four deathmatch of anime reviewing that is WTF anime. Let's let's do a C4 deathmatch. Yeah, I don't know what that means. It's going to be a fucking mess to edit. Yeah, that's your problem, not mine. A C4 deathmatch is where you have earth, barbed wire, and literal C4 into the ground surrounding the ring, uh, and then you fight, but it's not actual C4 because this is wrestling. And also, that'd be, like, super illegal, yeah. I get it. Yeah. So far, I follow. I have our two plot descriptions for what you get to pick next episode. Okay, go, go. So, number one, our hero in search of vengeance for her father's death scissors people's clothes off <laughs> in a world where hitler won world war Two. Oh, okay so there's the, there's a twist there's a twist <laughs> like i thought it was already kind of bananas and stupid and then, then we have also this all right and, and number two and number two number two is in order to throw off the shackles thrown on them by beast men above the earth a young boy finds a face. Oh, man. And then they go to space, I guess. It's really weird. <laughs> oh, I don't I don't feel like there's a winner either e- either one here. I feel like this is this <laughs> is the this is the trap pull. None of these are traps. Are you sure about that? A hundred percent. Oh, man. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with Nazi ruled scissor girl. Okay, so next week we will be watching Kill La Kill, episode three. All right, Kill La Kill, episode three. I don't know what that means, yep. but I've heard that name a lot before. We're going to talk about nudist beach. We're going to talk about blood-sucking clothes. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time. It sounds real dumb. <laughs> <laughs> we finally get you to watch another Magical Girl anime. Okay. <laughs> and with that said, I think it's time for some business, sir. Hit him. Yeah, sure. So, if you would like to follow the show, we are on Twitter at WTF Anime Show. And if you want to email us, we are WTF Anime Show at gmail.com. Uh, use either of these links to send us recommendations for what we can do for future shows. We are coming to the end of uh, Travis's month of him getting to choose what he wants to watch. So uh, go ahead and get those uh, recommendations in. I've had a few more. I'm not looking forward to them. Oh. But I'm looking forward to recording them. Oh. oh. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to have Aaron and uh, Alan on as guests. 
So if you would like to become a guest to use either of those avenues to uh, hit us up. And if you're on Twitter, use the hashtag WTF Anime Show if you would like to live tweet our shows, which uh, Porsche has done and uh, it's been incredible. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. I love it so much. Thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's like my favorite thing. Do have anything else? No, the only other thing else uh, Travis usually shouts out. So I am on the Twitters at the Joe Hadfield if you want to follow me and see me tweet about a lot of role-playing stuff because um, by the time you're listening to this, uh, I will have finished, not due to uh, outside interferences, I will have finished my first campaign, which I'm super hyped about. Yeah. Applause. Oh, man. I... I put so much work into this, and it's going to be the best, and uh, Ben is playing in it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, hit me up at the Joe Hadfield, and Travis, where can they find you? Yeah, if if you want to tweet at me, the birthday boy, you can find me at Dicelobber, D-I-C-E-L-O-B-B-E-R. And, uh, you know, if you're going to tweet WTF anime, um, include me in on that tweet, because I don't run that handle, that's Joe. So if you want to interact with the both of us, you're going to have to tag me, too. Uh, that said, uh, I also want to ask if you could all spread the gospel of WTF anime, ask a friend to listen, or rate and review us on, uh, you know, whatever source you're, you're downloading us from. Help us get to more people. Yeah, man. We're on uh, iTunes. We're on Stitcher. At some point, we might be on Google Play, if Travis answers my emails about it. When did you email me about that? I don't remember that. Never mind. That's business off the show. Oh, okay. We're going to talk about this. <laughs> that's us done. Yeah, that's us done. So, uh, bye. Bye. Like, bye, I guess. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>